0: Hello and welcome to Assured by Grace. I'm your host, Danny Woodward. And again today, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Phil Congdon. And today we have an, an exciting discussion, I think, for you guys. Uh, one of the issues that you have just in, in Christian circles, and, and if you go online and, and you want to try to start to find good teaching, uh, especially about the topic of assurance, is that guys there is gonna be a lot of teaching out there that muddies the water. And and Phil and I have picked up on this and and I know it it's it's frustrating, Phil, because there's yeah. some there's some wonderful people that have hearts for God that just got get caught up in, in in I think some teaching that just doesn't quite add up in terms of biblical interpretation of scripture. And so today we're gonna to look at those. Phil can you kinda of, Bring us into this first uh, podcast that we're going to be looking at and, and why yeah. we want to look at that.
1: Danny, we've looked at some before. I'm trying to think of who we've looked at. I, um, I know John Piper. Yeah. Um, we've probably looked at uh, some things that John MacArthur has said. Yes. And um, we want to emphasize at the the beginning, we are not the judges. We are not, um, in a sense, uh, uh putting ourselves above somebody else, we want, to, uh, we want to examine what is said with the clarity of God's Word. And, and so we are going to, to be doing that. It's so easy, I think, with the theological systems and, and predominant theological systems today, which are usually, uh, at least in a lot of churches, A sort of a form of reformed Calvinism Uh, and this this kind of a doctrine um, that has all kinds of implications for salvation ultimately has one terribly destructive um, uh, outgrowth and that is that there are a lot of people who believe in Jesus and have trusted him as their Savior and uh, have been joyful, they've been baptized, and, and then whether it's the circumstances of life, whether it is uh, growing cold in their Christian walk, whether they may have been hurt badly by a pastor or a church, uh, whether they got a hold of some bad teaching and they followed it, Now they are all of a sudden being beat up by Satan, the accuser of the brethren, who is always trying to to tear us down. He, He wants every Christian to doubt their salvation and to live in doubt and misery and anguish and not to have joy and not to have assurance. And... What we're going to hear today is is perhaps really a common kind of a thing where um, a pastor is going to say that, you know, it's really, truly God wants you to know that that you're really saved. And and then he's going to proceed to make it impossible for you to know whether you're saved or not and end up. Uh, leaving you in doubt. Now, uh, the first uh, we're, we're going to look at two today, and, and the first one we're going to look at is Matt Chandler, and Matt Chandler is pastor of Village Church in Flower Mound, Texas. Uh, I think he's fairly well known. I, I don't personally know him at all, but he has a uh, he's put out there for everybody to see uh, sure. a podcast that is uh, how can you know you're saved. Isn't that what it is? That's the
0: episode, yeah. How can you know you are saved?
1: How can you know you are saved? And uh, let's just allow Matt Chandler to start this video, and then and then we're going to stop and start it a few times so that we can make some comments. But this is Matt Chandler from Village Church in Flower Mound, Texas, talking about how you can know you are saved.
2: I, I think one of the questions that does plague people is um, who, who either grew up in church or in church now or continue to struggle with um, certain sins is how, how do I know I'm real? Like how do I know I'm truly and really saved? Well, I, I always want to start trying to encourage you. I, I think Jesus wants you to know that you are if you are right.
1: Oh, okay. We we've got to we've got to stop it there for just a minute. Yeah. Now, there are, there are a few things there now. You'll notice that there's a subtle psychological shift that happened here. Yeah, yeah, the title changed, didn't it? Yeah, it changed. And by the way, that change makes a big difference for uh, thousands and thousands of Christians. How do you know you are saved became, how do you know you're really, truly saved? This is like people who talk about false faith and true faith. Wait a minute. The New Testament doesn't ever talk about that. It just talks about faith. New Testament talks about being saved or being not saved. But here we're talking about are you really, truly saved? Do you understand how that Well, works? and and I'll say, too,
0: I mean, it, there's a ton of Christian books out there. And when you go to read a, a book from an author that you maybe aren't familiar with that has some level of theology in it, I mean, that's a cue right there is when they start saying truly or really right in front of saved, you know that you're probably dealing with somebody who's coming from a reformed background.
1: Yeah. And they're going to be adding in something because if you wanted to know how to be saved, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Acts 16, 31. It doesn't say believe in the Lord Jesus and you might be really saved or you you'll be truly saved. It says you will be saved. But when when somebody starts saying, uh, you know, God wants you to know that you're really, truly saved. OK, wait a minute. So I can maybe be saved, but not really and truly. And that's that's creating doubt. And then there's a, another thing you just said here in passing. God wants you to know you're saved he, if he wants you to know that you are if you are. If you are. Now, now this is, uh, philosophically, he, he just opened, you know, a bottomless pit of doubt here. Because <laughs> he wants you to know that you are. Okay, if that if we wanted to say that, we could just go to First John 5. Yeah. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of, of the Son of God, in order that you may know that you have eternal life. There it is. You know. But then he says that you, I, w- I want you to know uh, that you're saved if you're saved. But wait a minute. What do you mean, if you're saved? That That's circular reasoning. If you're saved, he wants you to know. But if you're not saved, he doesn't want you to know. So all of those people who are doubting, does he want them to know they're saved or not? Because you just begged the question. You just said, "If you're really saved, how do you know?" And you don't find that in Scripture, do you? <laughs> no, uh, it's unfortunate. Now, again, let's cut him a little bit of slack. I, I think his heart is in the right place. I think that he understands that there is a, a lot of doubt out there. Yes. And, and let me uh, say, I I have been much more exposed to the writings and the teachings of John Piper. And John Piper uh, has expressed his own doubts as to his salvation. He has said that the doubt of whether or not people are going to heaven was an epidemic at Bethlehem Baptist Church where he pastored. And that, to me, uh, if you are... If you are raising that many questions and doubts about salvation, I think there's something wrong at the core of your teaching. It's not an accident. If people are doubting their salvation, there's a reason why. And I think we're going to see that as we listen to Matt Chandler here. Uh, can we can we just play the next uh, little excerpt? We have another excerpt here, just a short excerpt,
2: in my Bible, I always want to go to Romans 8 on this issue in particular when he, he says that the Spirit testifies to our spirit that we're children of God. And so one of the. All
3: right.
1: What does that mean? The Spirit testifies to our spirit. Now, you know, th- this, again, it can just open Pandora's box. You, you know, you can say just about anything you want to. And I think, sadly. Yeah. He does, but, but let's remember something. This is a section of Romans, this is not telling us how to be saved. It's not telling us how to be sure we're saved. It's talking to us about growing in our Christian lives. So in the middle of this chapter, Romans 8, a wonderful chapter about growing in your spiritual life and dealing with uh, the struggles and the battles that you have, He says the spirit bears witness that you are children of God. But unfortunately, I I just think that he doesn't, you know, he's reading that as, okay, you need to have the witness of the spirit to prove that you're
2: saved.
1: And then can we just play on? This is what he, he talks about.
2: Is that there should be in us a desire to know Jesus, submit to Jesus, and follow Jesus. And and if that is not there, that then the Spirit is not testifying to our Spirit that we're children of God. If if you think of that,
0: yeah. So Phil, you know, where in that in Romans chapter eight, I think it's verse sixteen, yeah, where he he reads that, how does he come up with the know, submit, and follow? Yeah where does he Uh, pull
1: that from thin air but but this is uh, this is the way that the the logic of a reformed person goes Uh, understand first of all that in reformed or calvinist teaching uh, their doctrine of salvation includes what's called perseverance of the saints and therefore the idea is that if a person is really, truly saved, they will persevere. If they are just, they think, saved, but they're maybe not really, then they won't persevere. And so now you've, you've backloaded the gospel. It's not believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It's believe on the Lord Jesus and then persevere. And if you don't do the persevering well, you were never saved in the first place. And so out of whole cloth here, what he is going to do is say that if if you're not um, knowing, what was it? Obeying, following, submitting and submitting and following to Jesus Christ, all of which is subjective. What does it mean to to know and submit to Christ? How much how completely? but he just says if you're not doing that then the spirit is not bearing witness
0: so so to to know to want to know jesus to want to submit to him and to want to follow him are signs of perseverance in his yeah in his and, theology and if,
1: yes and that would be what proves that the spirit in you is bearing witness so the spirit bearing witness that you are a child of god becomes you are submitting to Christ. You are following Christ. You will, you want to know Christ. Goodness. Now, listen. All of those things are are good. They're wonderful. But what we just did is we took what is a wonderful outgrowth of a person growing spiritually uh, in, in their walk with the Lord, and we turned it on its head and said that. It determines whether or not you're really saved or not.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a litmus test for salvation.
1: You don't have any assurance for sure anymore. And it gets worse. Can can we uh let's just let's play another little section of what he talks about.
2: So, if you blow it and you get up and you run to God in repentance, you run to God and, and throw yourself at His mercy, you'll find that mercy. But if you run and try to fix yourself, try to get yourself feeling better about yourself before you come back to God, then you haven't quite understood the gospel. Now, I'm not saying there that if you do that, you're not saved. I'm saying without a hunger to know Him, follow Him, and surrender to Him, then I would be worried. Right. So so I'm not saying you're not saved, but I would say I would be anxious. I would want to have conversations with my pastor. I would want to sit down with some Christians I respect and, and ask the question, hey, I'm I'm habitually stuck in this or I'm really struggling with this or what do I do with this? I'm anxious that I'm not. He,
1: he gets himself in deeper and deeper here. I mean, somebody gave him a shovel and he started digging and uh, it's really sad. Uh, I would be worried. Goodness gracious me! So somebody who believes in Jesus recognizes they are imperfect. And by the way, in, in this uh, in this little short podcast, even he even said that we're all imperfect. Mm-hmm. But then it all becomes a gray area here. Now, how imperfect? How how much am I failing? And 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 if what about when you sin? Uh, do you run to Christ? Uh, well, if you don't, then you better be worried. Well, wait a minute. Uh, uh, I, well, he
0: he actually says that when you don't, that you 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 probably you don't understand the
1: gospel. Yeah, what does and, that have and to you don't do not understand the it, It's
0: because of what you do. Yeah. So what you do determines your understanding of the gospel.
1: Yeah, it's it's a uh, There is such a, a, uh, it just does not follow. He is making a logical jump that doesn't exist. And that logical jump is that if you are really, truly saved, you're going to do these things. And if you're not doing those things, go talk to your pastor, you know, because maybe he'll help you do those things, so then you will know that you're really saved. And If you're not doing them enough maybe your pastor then is going to tell you well I don't think you're really saved." and you know what there is one God and one mediator between God and man and it ain't your pastor Mm -hmm. don't go to your pastor in order to determine whether you're saved or not you go to Jesus and Jesus alone and the question is not uh, you know am I struggling with sin am I saved The question is, if I'm struggling with sin, go to your pastor if you want to or some other Christian that you respect, but don't ask them, am I saved? The question is, can you help me to find victory over this sin in my life? It has nothing whatsoever to do with whether you are saved or not. Jesus did not die on the cross for our sins so that we could wonder if we're good enough to stay saved or try to live a good enough life to feel like we're really saved. He died so that while we were yet sinners, we could through faith in him be saved.
0: Phil, can we can we mention something about what he talks about when he says he starts to mention the anxiety and almost almost that the anxiety is is something that we should look for yeah. and that we should latch on to and that that we should run you know again back to to figure out if we're if it means that we're really not saved yeah. it's like anxiety begets anxiety
1: in this w- this way of thinking but what does jesus say about anxiety <laughs> well I know what Paul says. Says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything uh, uh, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God." Don't be anxious, uh, and certainly not in salvation. What Jesus said: "Come to me, all you that are that labor and are heavy laden, yes. and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me; I am meek and lowly of heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light." Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Jesus offered assurance. When, in John 6, 47, he said, whoever believes in me has eternal life. And he didn't say whoever really believes in me or really and truly believes in me. It's whoever believes in me has eternal life. So I, I what, unfortunately, what Matt has done here is he started off saying, you know, I mean, you know, God wants you to know you're saved if you're saved, which was a a crazy uh, statement. Really, he shouldn't have just he just said, God wants you to know that you're saved and he wants you to know you're saved by believing in him. But now he, the further he gets, the further we get from any possibility of knowing that we're saved. Uh, there's there's one more um Uh, little clip here it's about 20 seconds long Uh, this is right at the end and and I think he shows his heart here but unfortunately he's already uh, killed any any real assurance
2: Man, I hope that maybe even in this quick little video that that the Spirit of God might prick something in your heart. And man, if this is really a kind of an anxiety-inducing, not-going-to-sleep-well-tonight kind of video for you, that you would seek out your pastor, seek out a minister at the church that you attend, or good Christian friends, and begin to just have this conversation with them because I think Jesus wants you to know that you are His.
1: Well, I'm going to agree with him. Uh, I, I want to agree with him in the last statement. Jesus wants you to know that you are his. But you won't ever know you are his uh, as long as your eyes are fixed on how well you're doing, whether your walk with God is up to standards or not whether you are really, as soon as you find out about a sin, running to the Lord and casting yourself on Him, uh, it, all of these things become subjective variables. Mm-hmm. And now uh, we have endless introspection. And you don't know whether you're saved or not. You just wonder whether, whether you're really going to make it in the end or not. Um, and that's just a... That, that's something that a lot of Christians are struggling with. I want to say one thing about, about this. Um, the, the one thing that never features in Matt uh, Chandler's presentation is the one thing that Scripture talks about. It didn't talk about faith. It didn't talk about believing. He was talking about your struggle with sin. You know, there is a struggle with sin. It's very real. But the minute you link your struggle with sin with whether or not you're saved, you've lost. You've lost the struggle with sin and you've lost the assurance of salvation. The assurance of salvation is the key. It's like that's the tether here that you are connected to. And yes, we wander and Satan's going to do his worst in our lives. But every time you sense any doubts about whether or not you're saved, go to John 3:16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 5:24. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, if you hear my word and believe him who sent me, you have eternal life. You do not come into judgment. You have passed out of death into life. It's, it's over. It's done. You are saved. John 1, 12, to as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name over and over and over again it is believing and faith and and for whatever reason matt chandler has gotten off the rails here and he is making whether or not you're saved and your assurance that you are saved dependent on how good you're living a life and what you're doing when you sin so that's a Unfortunate, on think.
0: And, and Phil, can I just go ahead and jump in right here and and say something? You know, the reason that we're hammering this point about assurance of salvation, about how detrimental it is uh, to perhaps lose that assurance, isn't because we're afraid of you losing your salvation. Hmm. It's it's because we want our Christian brothers and sisters that are out there to to have that growth mm. in their life, in their Christian life, to be able to grow in Christ. And and sometimes that, that loss of that assurance, that stifles you. Mm. And and I've seen it in friends and family. You're wondering, mm. you know, there's been times, I think, in all of our lives where we've had doubts. Mm-hmm. and yeah. And it's never a good thing. It's never productive. And so that's why... Mm-hmm. You know maybe you want to add to that Phil. yeah well, matt
1: know. chandler you it's at the beginning of this how he and at the end both of, at the beginning and end, he is would agree it's important that you know unfortunately he's made it impossible for anybody to know and and by the way when he says there that you know uh you, you know if you're going to be laying up awake and have filled with anxiety I'm thinking to myself, yeah, thanks to you. If I believed what you just said, well, I'd be filled with anxiety. And me, I wouldn't have any joy. Let me go
0: back to something you just said. You said it's impossible to know. And what you're saying, I think, is by the way he presented uh, his framework right here, it's impossible for you to have 100% yeah. assurance. You know, you may talk to somebody that listens to that, and they may say, well, man, I'm 85% confident based on... You know, my desire to follow, submit and, and whatever else. No, Jesus. Uh, and that could change day to day.
1: <laughs> I, I, I know a, um, a man once who um, said publicly that he was 99 percent sure that he was saved. And uh, it happened to be uh, on a seminary campus and uh, a female student stood up and and wanted to know, how do you know it's 99? Could it could it be 90 or 85? And how can I know for sure? And she was she was weeping. How can I know for sure? You know, if if we think about this, this is a critical question. Satan wants to defeat us. And all he needs to do is get us wondering whether or not God really loves us. Mm. Because if if we're not saved we're not one of the chosen ones we're not the elect we are unfortunately headed for hell for eternity that's that's a crazy thing to say that depends on whether or not you know you really run into god when you sin no it's because of the finished work of jesus christ Believe in the Lord Jesus and you know you're saved. Now, we have another video here that, that yeah. we can look at. And this is, uh, listen, it, it's much better. Uh, and we're trying to be, we we really want to be um, affirming as much as possible. We, we feel like the hearts of people uh, may in, be in the right place, even if their teaching is not. But in this one, I, I think we've got a, a, a better example. Yeah,
0: uh, Phil, th- this is Elisa Childers and somebody that, I respect an awful lot. I know yeah, you and I both too. listen to her podcast and she has such insightful thoughts and we were talking mm-hmm. before. She's so humble. And uh, so, so we're not, we're not condemning her at all. I think the issue that we see here and is this is a perfect example of someone who gets it. Elisa is a grace oriented person yeah. and, and she, she's always, extolling God's grace and in, in her in her discussions with her guests on her show. But in this instance, we have a guy in here who who's very knowledgeable. He has
1: he has it right, but
0: it's it's just a little
1: muddy. Yeah, it's just a, you have to be real subtle and and what we what we want here. We want to help everyone watching to be able to, as you're listening to podcasts or preachers on the radio or online, Listen very carefully, because I believe Satan will plant seeds of doubt even when a speaker may not need, uh, have intended that. Satan wants to use things to break down our assurance. Now, the guy that she's talking to here is uh, named Alan Parr, and he's he really is a wonderful guy. We want to play kind of a lengthy segment because he really makes some some excellent point. So, let's just play uh this this section where the Childers is talking to Alan Parr and, and and he's talking about um sinning uh is it you know, can you sin and and still be a Christian?
3: Can a Christian live in sin and still go to heaven? Yeah. Now, you know, that's probably one of the most popular questions that I get asked along with, you know, once saved, always saved, Mm -hmm. eternal security. You know, these are questions that people ask all the time because they're very, very concerned that, you know, if they are performing certain things or involved in certain sins that they may not go to heaven. So, you know, here is the way that I always understand this question. First and foremost, once again, I try to be biblical with everything that I do. When we look at the scriptures, the Apostle Paul clearly in First Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen, along with going into chapter three, he really breaks down um, three different classes of of men, uh, men men or women, mankind. So you know you have the uh, the the unbeliever. So those are people that just don't don't believe in Christ, and then you have the Uh, The actually four classes of men, excuse me. So you have the unbeliever, so he's unspiritual, right? And then you have the baby Christian who just gets saved and they don't know much. Then you have the carnal Christian and then you have the spiritual Christian, right? That's not our job to go around and start saying, well, you're a baby Christian, you're a carnal (laughs) Christian, you're a spiritual Christian, as we try to do sometimes. But the Bible clearly allows for different levels of spirituality.
1: Okay, this is uh, actually uh, really done well. Yeah, uh, I I think he's he's explained it well. He usually you hear there are three kinds of people. Uh, what he what he does here is he actually says there are four kinds of people. Uh, he says there is the uh, what it is in scripture. It's the natural man, and that's the unsaved person. And then you have. Uh, he says there's the baby christian the infant christian somebody who's just saved then you he says there's a, another category called the carnal christian and the carnal person is a believer but he's living a life that is uh, more governed by the flesh carnal and then there's the spiritual christian this is the christian that has grown and that is grounded and and is and is uh, uh, living a a successful Christian life. Uh, by the way, let us be quick to add, that doesn't mean he's living a perfect mm-hmm. Christian life, but he's he is a man who is growing and pursuing the Lord. So we have four different categories. One is unsaved. The other three are saved. And and I might just say for the 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 sake of. Uh, an interesting parallel in Jesus' parable of the four soils. You have four different kinds of soils. Uh, you have the, the soil by the path where the, the seed was actually plucked and taken away by the bird uh, birds. But all the other three soils are soils where the seed took root, where the person believed the message, And then something stunted the growth in two of those. And one of those, the thorns of life came up and choked it out. And the other, there was a rocky soil and the the roots didn't go down deep, uh, which we all know about in the Texas hill country. (laughs) That's what we have there. But there was some of the good soil where it went down deep and it bore fruit. And so in the same way, what, Alan, uh, Par here is saying is that yeah, there are four kinds of people. One is unsaved, but in the saved people, there are some who are infants. They haven't grown some who are carnal. They should have grown and they haven't. And then there are others who are spiritual. It's really good. And yeah. and I think this gives a great setting. So in answer to the question, uh, can a person sin and still go to heaven or still be saved? The answer is yes, you can.
0: Well, and he said, "Can they live in sin?" So, well, he's, he's going to get. He's going to differentiate. He's yeah.
1: going to different. Yeah, let's go to the next one. This is where it gets a little bit, a little bit murky. muddy. Yeah.
0: yeah,
3: the question is also how do we know if we're living in sin or not, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a deeper question. I think whenever we start to commit a sin, without any sort of remorse, or if we are making plans for sin, for instance, living together before mm. marriage, um, you know, uh purposely giving ourselves into a homosexual relationship, that is an example of somebody who is making plans mm. to sin. We're 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 already saying in advance, I'm going to stay in this situation and therefore. I don't care what the Bible says, right? That to me is a much more dangerous place for a professing Christian to be than just simply a Christian who's struggling with sin.
1: Uh, okay. okay. You know, you want to comment? What do you, what yeah. comes to your
0: mind in there? Uh, I mean, so he's, so let me just kind of brush back on what he's saying here. He's saying that it's the intentionality of, of sin that, that is, and kind of a litmus test, uh, to, to know if, if you struggle with sin, uh, but you're, you're intending not to struggle with sin, then then you're okay. But somehow he implies that if you're maybe struggling with sin and and you're intending to do it, you're intentionally doing it. What is he saying when he says you may be in a little bit, more precarious, a more dangerous yeah.
1: place. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's it. This is, that's the, the, the reason why we wanted to play this because yeah. that little statement there is going to cause somebody to say, well, wait a minute now. I wonder, uh, you know, when I got angry at my husband, uh, the other day, I thought about that ahead of time. So maybe that was living mm-hmm in sin but you know uh, or 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 some other sin well that wasn't really planned that was that was something i just did Uh, this is a hopeless situation to get into now is it is it valid to think about this yes but not in the arena of whether or not you are saved and going to heaven And remember, the question here was, can a person sin and still go to heaven, still be saved? Well, the answer, and he answered it so well, Alan Parr answered this, yes, yes, you can. There is a carnal Christian. And I assure you that carnal Christian is sometimes going to plan to sin. It isn't going to be an accident.
0: I think Anybody who's ever struggled with any type of sin where and, I, and by struggle, I mean, you you sin and then you repent and then you sin again and then you repent. There's a you know that you're going to do that and, and it's a struggle. And I think we've all yeah. been there at some point or another. Feel it. That that's that's just kind of common sense. Yeah.
1: It's just it just was so subtle what he said there. And again, I I have no doubt that Elisa and Alan, are are, their hearts are in the right place here. But what we are seeking to guard Christians against is what Satan wants to do. He wants you to listen to that and now to start asking yourself, well, am I just sinning or am I living in sin? And let me just say something too about You know, he talked about two situations here. Uh, People living together before they are married. Uh, That's very common today. He Talked about people who are knowingly in a homosexual uh, relationship, some kind of immoral sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And. In no way. Will I belittle those sins? But we've got a problem in the church today. We've got a hierarchy of sins. And so we jump on somebody's living together before they're married. Is that a sin? Yes, it absolutely is. It goes against God's creation uh, foundational decree. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and only then will they become one flesh. And yet we see from the very dawn of time and throughout the patriarchal age and Israel's history and the church age, have people been doing that? Yes. Have a lot of Christians been doing that? Yes. So now we have to pause and be careful here. Yeah, that's one of the big sins today in the church. Are you living together before you're married? Well, that's a very dangerous place because you're opening yourself up to God's judgment. You're opening yourself up to punishment for that sin. But don't try to link that in some way to whether or not you're saved. Let me let me speak to the homosexual issue. There are many, many there probably are millions and millions who today are being trapped in the dead-end, hopeless, sinful, gay lifestyle. It is, it, it is something that Satan is using to destroy lives. Gay is not gay. Homosexuality is not some kind of a, a panacea for any of life's problems. It is a, a, a way of rebelling against God. But separate that from the issue of Jesus Christ died for sinners. So believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That means that God will save you where you are. Now he loves you enough that he is not going to let you stay there. He child trains those who are his. And so it is that. Uh, if you are choosing to live in a sinful lifestyle, if you have been caught in drugs or alcohol or uh, immorality of some kind, uh, whether it's homosexuality or or sexual perverseness or, or uh, pornography or any of these things, or if you are greedy or you're a gossiper or you're prideful or And we could keep adding all kinds of things that that are listed in Scripture that God wants to give us victory over. Let's not try to rate them and say, well, these are the big ones, and if you're doing those, you're living in sin, and that's a more dangerous thing. No, sin is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And what Satan will do is he will infect you where you will let him infect you. And he'll never be satisfied there. He'll keep wanting to grow that sin in you. But uh, and and yeah. Phil, that,
0: there's another aspect to it too, right? Where your heart can become hardened yeah. to to sin yeah. in your life, and it, you you stay in those situations. And I'm talking for believers yeah. that that are in in this habitual sins, kind of the stuff that he's talking about, living yeah. a lifestyle where you're you're confronted with sin every day because that's just the life that you're in that that kind of that can start to harden and deaden your heart to to God and and what he's calling you to do. But that's a whole different issue than whether or not you're saved.
1: It is different category altogether. It is possible for a Christian to quench the spirit. That's why we're commanded. in first Thessalonians five uh, to not quench the spirit because we can do that. We can so turn against the Lord in our lives and willfully sin that we invite His judgment uh, and His punishment. And you know what's interesting is at the end, I really think that he ended well here. This is uh, Alan Parr at the end of this Uh, this short, it's a a very short um, uh, discussion with Elisa Childers uh, about, can you sin and still be going to heaven? But listen to how he ends this.
3: And then I'll make this last point. Uh, Even though we may struggle with sin, and it's possible for Christians to struggle with repetitive sin, we have to understand that there's going to be major consequences for yeah. our sin, even though we may be forgiven, we can't escape the discipline of God and the consequences that may come along with our decision to stay in a particular sin
1: that's a that's i I've rarely heard it expressed that well, and uh, I don't know why he he got in the middle there where he talked about living in sin and And that's a dangerous place for a professing Christian raising doubts as to whether or not a person is saved. Uh, But at the end there, he made it very clear. And this is something we would say, whether it is the situations he mentioned, uh, living together outside of wedlock. That is a sin. And you are inviting God's punishment, his chastisement. There will be ramifications for that Uh, God is not mocked whatever a man sows that is what he reaps and if you sow to to your life sin you will from that reap destruction so if that's what you're doing uh, and, and you know that you believe in Jesus as your savior then I would appeal to you right now I'd say along with Alan I would say, do you recognize you're inviting God's judgment in your life? Do you want to do that? On the other side, I would say, God actually wants you to have joy. And if you would follow his pattern, that is, if you're living with another person out of wedlock, get married to them, get married be committed as the husband or the wife and a father and a mother, if you will do that, you invite his joy and his blessing. And the same with whatever sin it may be. Uh, Homosexuality is very prevalent. If you believe a lie that God made you that way and therefore that's the way you're supposed to live, you are denying Scripture. Uh, this is an abomination to God. He said that a man and a woman come together in marriage. And you can say, I don't agree with that. But if you, are, if you are saying that, you are inviting God's judgment. Now, do you believe in Jesus as your Savior? Are you trusting Him? And I would say, why aren't you making Him Lord of your life? he gave his life for you don't you think he has your best in heart so why would you willfully disobey him so anyway that's that's kind of this discussion we we we'd love to have your comments and, and your your questions but we we just are, are trying to make sure that those of you who believe in Jesus as your personal savior that you've trusted him as your sin bearer that he if if I were to ask you what did Jesus do for you you'd say he died on the cross for my sins and he rose from the dead I'd say to you great you believe that you're trusting him you've received e- get eternal life that's a free gift now i want to know why why not live for him he gave you that. Just think what else he wants to give you.
0: Yeah, it's not a requirement. It's an opportunity. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, uh, that's a great way of, of, of putting that. And just think about this. It takes away the doubt. Uh, you, you know, the doubt is gone because I believe in Jesus, that he died for my sin, rose from the dead. Okay, I believe that. Now, let's start tackling the myriad of ways. And boy, I mean, in our lives, how many ways does Satan try to? to it's it's like playing us?
0: whack-a-mole, man. <laughs> you knock <laughs> yes. one out and, you, and yeah. God helps you through it, and then you've got two more that pop up in another yeah. area.
1: And uh, uh, one of the, if, if you know somebody uh, that, that, that is, is fighting struggling with sin in their lives. And that because of that, maybe they've heard something like what we've played for you today, especially something like what Matt Chandler had to say. And and they are thinking, well, I must not be saved. And therefore, they're just going to wander off into that destructive lifestyle. Why don't you get alone with them and say, let me ask you something. Do you... Do you believe that Jesus died for your sin? Do you believe he rose from the dead? Do you believe this is God sent his son here? And if they say to you, yes, I do. But I believe that. Then at this point, you can say, listen, we're all struggling with sin. I know you are. And I know that Satan's trying to to get you to think God doesn't love you. But we want you to know that because you believe in Jesus, you belong to God. And we're here. We want to help you have victory over other areas in your life, whatever it is, where Satan's trying to really mess you up. Absolutely. So anyway, we look forward to hearing from you.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Phil.